0: This program is brought to you by Personallifemedia.com
1: Hi, I'm Brant Secunda and I'm really happy to be here with Living Dialogues and I think that it's so valuable for us to come together in dialogue and to speak together and to communicate about these things which are so important and we think that The book, Fit Soul, Fit Body, helps to bring alive these valuable ideas that are important for us all. And so by being here with Living Dialogues, I feel it's really helpful also for myself. So thank you.
2: I'm Mark Allen, co-author of Fit Soul, Fit Body with Brant Secunda. Living Dialogues with Duncan is a true beautiful experience to be with somebody who talks from the heart and gets people to talk from their heart as well. And through that, we're all touched deep in the soul, not just in our minds, but deep in our soul, deep in our bodies. It touches the genetics of who we are as human beings, as 2 leggeds on this planet. And this is a rare opportunity to have a dialogue with another human being on that level.
0: From time immemorial, beginning with indigenous councils and ancient wisdom traditions, through the work of Western visionaries such as Plato, Galileo, and quantum physicist David Bohm, mutually participatory dialogue has been seen as the key to evolving and transforming consciousness, evoking a flow of meaning, a dia, flow, of logos, meaning, beyond what any one individual can bring through alone. So join us now. As together with you, the active deep listener, we evoke and engage in Living Dialogues. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Duncan Campbell, and I'm delighted to welcome as my guests, Mark Allen and Brant Segunda. Mark Allen is six-time... Ironman triathlon champion, and Brant Segunda, his great friend and mentor for 20 years, is huichol shaman and healer for the last three decades. And so I want to welcome you both to the program, Mark and Brant.
2: Duncan, we're happy to be here. Thank you, Duncan. Great to hear your voice again.
0: Yes, we had such a great initial program, and so there is something happening in the air now. There is a zeitgeist blowing of bringing together and reactivating the indigenous, deep, primal understanding of what really makes us happy and sustainable in our lives with the modern mind sense of achievement and ingenuity and even a healthy kind of competitiveness. And we can bring those two things together in real emotional balance and enlightenment and have a real joyous life. I think that will be the theme now. Uh, Let's make that our theme as we go forward into the second part of this program. So with that, I'd like now in our second part of the program to uh, talk about the theme of laughter and the theme of community. And perhaps let's start with laughter. Brant, you have a wonderful story that you tell on yourself here about how as a young 20-year-old early on in your apprenticeship with Don Jose, You were going to take a walk with other people in the village that was a fairly long walk. I forget how many hours or whether it was more than a day. But in a traditional, conventional American consumer way, you loaded up your pack with 80 pounds of goods that you thought you might need that turned out, of course, to be not necessary and, as you put it, perfectly useless. And then you had quite an experience of being teased about that as you took your walk. So tell that story.
1: Yeah, that's a nice story. You know, here I was with my giant backpack, and I really don't know what I had in there, but like you said, there was a lot of things in there that I thought I had to have for that one-day hike, which we were going to uh, camp for the night on the just off the trail. And there I was with my giant pack, and there was a bunch of we chose, Numerous weichos were with me, with a little bag that they had, with a blanket, you know, over it for their luggage. And so, at one point, I just couldn't go anymore. I was tired, and and or I chose not to, you know, keep going. I said, "Oh, I have to rest." And I put my pack down on the side. And this lady, who was about sixty at the time, came by and said, "Here, let me help you." grabs my pack, goes running off, and I thought, uh-oh, I better go now if I want to follow my pack. And so she carried my pack for a little while, and you know they kept up with that story every time for years and years, and even now sometimes someone will be with me when we pass that spot, and they'll go, oh, you need some help with your pack? And they just love to tease and to joke. And it's their way, really, of showing love for one another—to to tease each other, to um, joyfully tease and to laugh. And they use laughter as a really as a tool of transformation, you know, just to you know goes along with what we we've been speaking about all morning here, and how laughter really opens the heart and helps make our body as well as our soul feel happy. And that's one of the things we talk about in the book, Fit Soul, Fit Body, is how laughter and, and joy can really just open us up. And the Weechoes use that. You know, they're teasing and laughing all day with one another, carrying on. It's beautiful to be a part of that. And then also community. You know, it's within the context of a community. You know, there are villages. Most villages have a few hundred people. And so there's this idea of community holding the person together which i think you know it's where you live in boulder it's also a beautiful community and, and i think that for the Wichos, you know it's such a, a part of their tradition to be a part of a community where people you know are are practicing with these same timeless traditions and ancient ways of being and and they laugh together, they pray together, they celebrate life together with different ceremonies for the seasons or for the rain or for the for the harvest. And it's just a beautiful way of being on this altar of Mother Earth.
0: Oh, so well said. I have to just join in and not only just celebrate with you that experience and how you've described it, but also to share, as I mentioned before, my own experience of being in the jungle with Don Lupe, the shaman that I worked with, the Huichol shaman, and his wife, and it happened to be my birthday. And Uh uh, this was about 15 years ago, and all of a sudden, the shaman's wife said, Oh, es el cumpleaños de Gordo you know, <laughs> it's the birthday of the fat one, right? So gordo means fat. And of course, I was overweight at the time and really quite sensitive about it. And uh it was said with such love because she then started calling me gordito, a sort of affectionate term for the little fat one, you know, and, and- she celebrated, oh, it's the birthday of the little fat one. And I was so Liberated from my sensitivity about my weight and my shame and self criticism about it, that I asked uh, her niece to actually make me a sacred huichol bag for my sacred objects that actually had not only the sacred mountain on it and the river there in the jungle and also the place of pilgrimage, but it had the word gordito and I embraced it. And it was just a huge transformation for me of an opportunity to let go of what is often this really relentless and uh, unbelievably fierce inner self-criticism many of us have without even realizing it, that saps us from the energy and joy of being alive. And that's where exactly, as you say, Brant, this kind of teasing, uh, acceptance. It's really a razor's edge there because they're teasing you about your embarrassed points, like you carrying your big pack that you didn't even need out of the sense of scarcities. But the teasing is full of love and acceptance, and it allows us to accept ourselves. And that is what's so brilliant about it. And I know, Mark, you've had some very deep heart experiences in that same way, because before you met Brandt, you describe in your book how fierce your own sense of self-doubt was and self-criticism and striving to get happiness and self-esteem through victory, only to find out that the victory itself was empty. It's really the deeper sense of joy that you began to access. So tell us about that.
2: Well, you know, I think if you if you dig deep enough into the the life story of any any person on this planet, but especially um top athletes who are pushing their bodies to the absolute limit, you're going to find a story. You're going to find something that those athletes are trying to make up from that they they didn't get when they were younger. And you know, ev- probably just about everybody has had some experience when they were younger that 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 hurt them where they weren't they weren't given a positive sense of self-esteem or they were maybe even worse given a negative sense of self-esteem. And, uh, you know, it's easy to carry that, that pain into our adulthood, as we all know. But being with Brant and being in community and being in a, an environment where joy and laughter are brought out, it, it, it takes you out of that um, uh, it, it takes you out of the negative effect of anything negative that may have happened with, to you in the past, and that is so healing. You know, to be, uh, you know, it, it, your, your sense of self-worth and self-importance is, is brought into a, a healthy place when you're in a, a community setting where people are joking and laughing and teasing, and, you know, it, it's, it's so, I, I don't know how it works. Um, but being in community with Brandt, being in the in the ceremonies, going to places of power where everyone is is as Brandt says, one heart. It takes you out of that um, self indulgence almost, where you know we dwell on the things that have held us back, and we are brought into an ex- a positive experience of life. And you know, just like training uh, as an athlete, you know, in a tough race, sometimes you reflect back on positive workouts that you have to give you the strength to make it through a tough moment in the race. Well, you know, uh, doing spiritual work with Brandt, studying with Brandt, is, was uh, sort of my uh, spiritual training for the tough moments of life. You know, when it gets difficult and, and something comes up where maybe years ago I would have had a, you know, that old tape recorder going saying, I'm not good enough, I can't do it, I, you know, I don't have the, the strength to make it through this. I can reflect back on those positive experiences that I have had in circle with Brandt, in community with Brandt, where we have laughed and joked and felt good about life, and it brings back trust and hope. And these are all keys that we have. We have one called honor yourself, and that is, that is exactly what we do in community. We're honoring ourselves through a connection with others and through joy and laughter, and that is such a a simple but powerful tool that every single one of us can use today.
0: Oh, again, Mark, it's just uh, so great to hear that story. And I want to share one more of my own that's very much appropriate there, of how I climbed the sacred mountain, Picacho, down there. At one point, extremely difficult where we fasted all day, no water, until we got to the top. And I got to the top, and there's two things that I'd like to point out. One is that when we got to the top, there was a beautiful painting of Guadalupe, of Our Lady of Guadalupe, that was up there as well as the sacred wind tree that we were going to visit. And at one point, one of the women it was from my community here uh, that was along with us uh, asked the shaman, Is there a difference between this veneration of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the great goddess energy that is so celebrated in Mexico, albeit with a Christian icon, as we know down there, it's not really limited to any kind of exclusivistic Christian approach. It really is a celebration of the deep sacred feminine. And the wind tree, are they the same? Is there a difference here? The wind tree was a masculine, shamanic energy that was seen in this plant that was growing over the cliff here with a 2,000-foot straight drop that we had gone to be in the presence of and to communicate with. And the shaman said, no, es el mismo, el milagro es la fe. And it was very beautiful. He said, no, there is no difference. They are the same. The miracle is faith. And what he meant by that was not some kind of belief system, but actually the experience of the sacredness of the energies that manifest in the universe themselves, both masculine and feminine, manifesting through the land itself, through the power of the land, through uh, animals, uh, through plants, and also through our interhuman communications. And once you've had that experience of deep, profound interconnectedness and joy, you have faith but it's not a belief system it's the faith that's deeply uh, ingrained in your experience and you describe mark how you tried to share this experience at times with other competitive runners and they kind of rolled their eyes a bit and well this is kind of woo woo uh, because they had not had that experience and really didn't know quite what you were talking about it was outside the frame of their conventional uh, experience and training and understanding And so this is an opportunity, I think, to lead into your describing your final race. And here you were 37 years old in 1995. You were going for the sixth straight victory in this extraordinarily grueling race. And you describe how at the beginning of your time, when you... Did not finish as the winner in the first six races. You were somewhat intimidated by the power of the volcanic energy, literally, and the lava uh, landscape that you had to traverse, both in the marathon and in the bicycle race, of the Big Island of Hawaii. But with Brandt's mentorship, you had come to really feel the sacredness and energy of the landscape and not only were you not intimidated by it, but you felt you could plug into it as a source of community, of energy, of a genuine connection. So the miracle of faith was there with you, but not like a belief system, but just being able now to very much feel part of that energy field. And that turned out to be the key to your last victory. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about that race and the experience you had during it, because it really confirms a lot of what you and Brant are sharing in this book as techniques and exercises we can all use to access this truly transformative and joyful experience.
2: Well, Brant always emphasized that it's important to feel at home no matter where we are on Mother Earth, that we are all children of the Earth. And that really brings home the feeling that, you know, we all have something that's common to every single one of us here. And that was something that I did not feel when I went to the Big Island. It's a very powerful, energetic, sacred place. And I just didn't know how to deal with that in the early years that I raced. But then that completely transformed and changed when I started studying with Brant because he emphasizes making a connection and reconnecting to the natural world. And, you know, he... He always says, even below the sacred rug, there's Mother Earth. So, Matt, you know, you don't have to go to the big island to feel it if we just make that conscious connection. At 37 years old, my last Iron Man, everybody said it was impossible to win. Nobody had won that old. And I'd actually had some uh, tests done in, uh, earlier in the season that year, and my body on the inside looked like I was about 60. My hormone levels were depressed, and, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of at the end of my... Maybe on the on the downward side of the slippery slope called uh, past your prime, and so anyway, Brant did some extra um, healings on my body. He's an incredible healer, and, and in fact, in the probably three of my six Ironmans, I had, had gotten sustained some injuries just leading up to the race. And if he hadn't been able to heal me, I wouldn't have even made it to the start line. But this year it was especially challenging because I, I was old and I had push my body to the limit and I had tapped those resources that you only can do so many times in your career as an athlete. So he he got my body back in the in, in a right in the right balance and right before I started into the toughest part of my Ironman training that year, I went for an 8-day retreat with Brand up in Alaska and he did these special ceremonies and healings to get me ready. But it wasn't just getting my body ready, it was getting uh my mind ready especially focusing on quieting my mind, especially focusing on using that energy of the natural world. You know, there in Boulder, if you look out, and if you're sort of east and you look back toward Boulder, as you're coming down 36, you know, when you're entering from Denver, you see that magnificent view of the Flatirons, and on a clear day you can see Long's Peak there, and you just have that feeling of, wow, look at that. And anybody who's seen that knows that experience. And in that moment where you say, wow, look at that, you forget that you have credit card debt. You forget that maybe, you know, you're trying to win a race and you're too old and you just feel positive. And that's making a connection with the natural world that, you know, in a very simple way of describing it. In in the race, that was important for me. I was behind 13 and a half minutes off the bike. The leader was 13 years younger than me. And I was Eventually, I made up a lot of that time, but I just was still doubting myself. And then the words of Brant came back. He always said, "It's never over until it's over," meaning that in, no matter how some, impossible something might look in this moment, in the next it can switch. And he always emphasized, "Call out to the the, the world around you for help." And with eight miles to go, I had closed the gap to four minutes, but it still wasn't enough. And I just called out to the Big Island. I said, "Hey, Big Island." help me here. <clears throat> I need some help. I need something extra. I'm going to give it everything I have. And shortly after that, three miles later, I actually caught the, the, the guy who was still 13 minutes, 13 years younger than me, but I closed that 13-minute gap and went on to win Ironman Man number six. And again, it, had I not even met brand i wouldn't i wouldn't excuse me i wouldn't have made it to the start line i wouldn't have won that year and that final one and it it was just an amazing journey for me
0: and it's such a beautiful example mark of dialogue within a live universe which is another one of the great themes here on these programs i've done the last fifteen years living dialogues that we do live in an alive universe as one of my other guests the great nature poet and writer barry lopez author of arctic dreams has said in arctic dreams the land itself is an animal that contains all animals And if we look at the word animal, we see it really has as its root anima, or soul. So there is an anima mundi. There is a soul of the world. There's a consciousness of the world. There is a soul in every landscape. There's a soul in every animal and every plant, as well as every human. And when we can dialogue with all of that manifestation of the divine energy, then we have a way to plug into that positive energy and drop our negative self-criticism and uh, oftentimes our, our deep shame and but I'm going to tell a little story when I climbed down from Mount Picacho I had gotten a great attack on the top uh, overnight of uh, self-criticism it was all very internal had nothing to do with anything that was happening with the group it was just an opportunity to sort of bring it to bear like almost like a pustule that needed to pop and so on the way down I was carrying this very heavy burden of this internalized drama that was going on completely within my own mind And I finally started to talk about it, and I was walking down with the shaman's son, and he couldn't quite understand what I was trying to say. And finally, uh, there was another person with us who knew Spanish, and he said, well, I think the word is vergüenza, which means shame. And he looked at me totally astonished and said, vergüenza? Why would you feel that, you know, especially after we had just been in this magnificent landscape? And it really popped it for me uh, because there was an example of community and sharing where for me, it felt very vulnerable to talk about that. And I finally outed it. And then he just looked at me and it popped, uh, you know, on the spot. I realized that I had been carrying a completely unnecessary burden and that that joy and celebration was accessible at any moment. So, Brant, I'd like you to maybe give a summary of an invitation for people to share your world and that of Mark with your book, Fit Soul, Fit Body.
1: Thank you, Duncan. Well, that's beautifully said, you know, when he said, you know, shame or embarrassment. Why? You know, it's like, yeah, you just have this beautiful experience and, and you know, I, I can really feel myself in that situation or hearing it because that is so much a part of the Weecho culture, you know, why would you feel like that? You know, you're, you're alive, like Mark was saying before. We have this gift of life, and so why not experience it as well as we can? For sure, you know, we have ups and downs, and everyone does, and that's normal as well. But to just experience the beauty, to try to pay attention to that. Don Jose used to always tell me, pay attention, wake up be aware, be alert to what's Mm -hmm. around you, to your environment. And that's so much what we try to do in the book is to help people to be awake and and alert and to have their own personal experience with nature. And this is so much a part of what I try to share with people and what Mark and I um, try to share in the book, Fit Soul, Fit Body, is to have people have a direct experience with a fit body, with a fit soul, you know, experiencing, you know, the connection to nature. And, and you know, we have, people can look on the um, web as well, fitsoulfitbody.com, and there, you know, we have a quiz for people that's fun, I think, for them to take about where they're at. And so we try to get people to have their personal Hmm. connection with nature and with themselves with community with places of power and so that way we can transform ourselves and bring positive change to ourselves and our world and in which
0: we live well brilliantly said in a way that is also said over and over again in wonderful stories and techniques that you and Mark Allen share in your book. And so I want to honor you both, Brant Segunda, Wheatrol Shaman and Healer, and Mark Allen, six-time triathlon Ironman champion for this beautiful book you've brought forth, Fit Soul, Fit Body, and what a real joy and delight it's been to spend time together with you, not only today, but when we spent that wonderful time together previously.
1: Thank you. We also feel the same. It's beautiful to have dialogue with you and to speak with you, and we also enjoyed all the time we spent with you as well.
2: And we're honored to be a part of the great dialogue that you have with so many great people around the world who are trying to make it a better place, and we're honored to be a part of that.
0: Thank you so much. I'm your host, Duncan Campbell, and I've been very honored to be with Brant Segunda and Mark Allen. Be with us again next time on Living Dialogues. And visit us on my website, livingdialogues.com. That's living, And if you'd like to listen freely to additional archived visionary dialogues with myself and other transformational thinkers listed on my livingdialogues.com website. Once you have entered your free subscription to the Living Dialogues podcast here on Personal Life Media, future Living Dialogues will automatically be downloaded to your computer on a weekly basis. Or simply browse through the list of programs here whenever you like, download them, or listen to them on your computer. Thanks again for your deep listening in evoking this program. All the very best. And stay tuned now after the music for some very interesting opportunities available to you as a listener to Living Dialogues.